Welcome to The Wrap, a weekly podcast covering women's sports news. Mills, what have we got this week? Taking a look around the ground, Sam Kerr inches closer to Tim Cahill's record as top goal scorer. Ash Gentle wins Noosa try and Emma McKean continues her domination in the pool at the FINA World Cup. For our key story, we'll discuss the 100-day countdown to the Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics. In the ice bath with Budgie Smuggler, we'll chat to footballer Remy Seamson, who just earned her first cap with the Matildas. Mills, our episodes of The Wrap are now on YouTube. Um, so we we put out a poll quiz thing on our Instagram channels the other day asking about how often they see women's sports and men's sport in mainstream media, so TV, radio, newspaper. Um, the average respo- responses were women's sports either zero to one or two to three times a week, um, while men's sport people said they saw it multiple times a day in mainstream media. So our biggest mission is to give people really easy to access news, highlights and information about women's sport, which is why we've created this YouTube channel. Yeah, and our producer Bailey, sitting behind the camera right now, has been putting in a lot of time to pull together the highlights of the stories that we're talking about in each of the episodes. So when you watch our YouTube, you'll get all the stories that we're talking about, you'll get the actual highlights. So obviously head to our YouTube channel. I'll have the link in our bio and also in the show notes. Um, and you can just like, comment, subscribe. Yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah, give us your thoughts. Because obviously with podcasts, you can't make comments underneath it to give us your thoughts on the episode. So yeah, give us a comment on YouTube and let us know what you think about the episode and the different topics we're discussing. Love it. Let's take a look around the grounds. In cricket, last week, the cricket world was in shock when two new men's teams in the Indian Premier League were auctioned off and purchased for the grand total of $2.1 billion. That's Aussie dollars we're talking in. That is billion with a B. A lot of zeros on that number. Nine zeros. Nine zeros to be specific. Thanks for that one, Chloe. (laughs) (laughs) The IPL announced it would be expanding from eight to ten teams in the 2022 season and with its ever-increasing fees for its television and online rights, the investment from these two new owners will be looking to benefit from these huge number of people that consume the IPL in India and across the globe. Like, it's enormous, the audience that watched the IPL. Yeah, it's huge. Um, Alisa Healy was quickly quick to question how much of that windfall would end up in the women's game after the recent series against India, which saw a massive record number of people um, streaming that. And the, obviously the BBL that's just kicked off, which has eight of India's star players currently playing in the BBL, saw a huge number of viewers, including an opening weekend with a massive cumulative average audience of 1.113 million people. Alyssa Healy was saying that the Indian players have basically brought a whole new element to the tournament and she really hopes that the buzz that it's creating will also unfold to, into India and that they're watching the WBBL over there and, and that it can be a real boost for the women's game. In soccer, the plaudits just keep coming for Sam Kerr. Uh, the Matilda strike has been nominated for another prestigious individual award after making it onto the shortlist for BBC's Women's Footballer of the Year Award. This most recent nomination comes just after news that she has been shortlisted for this year's Ballon d'Or. Sam Kerr was on the score sheet for the Matildas again on Tuesday night last week, scoring her 49th goal for her country. She now trails Tim Cahill by only one goal, who's the current record holder with 50 goals. Kerr scored an exceptional team goal in the second friendly against the Brazilians to take the score to 2-0 after Claire Polkinghorne opened the scoring. It was a pretty – I got to go and watch the game. It was so exciting. Like, it was frantic. It was really fast. Like, their fitness levels were quite impressive. Um, The the Aussies dominated the first half with a 2-0 lead and then the Brazilians just came back and and threw everything at them. So, ended up in a 2-all draw and it was just amazing to be back watching live sport 
with a huge crowd. The Brazilians were so loud. They had the drums out. They were singing. It was amazing. The Aussies have now all returned to their clubs, but hopefully we won't have to wait too long before seeing them back here with a two-match series earmarked for the 27th and 30th of November against the United States. That would be incredible. Can you imagine also if Sam Kerr breaks Tim Cahill's record in that series? Yeah, that would be be epic. On to Paralympics news. Catherine Clark has been announced as the new Paralympics Australia chief executive and she's got some pretty big plans. She won't have long to ease herself into the new role and will be looking to build from the success of the Tokyo 2020 Paralympics campaign at the Beijing Winter Games, which is coming up in March, and then the Birmingham Commonwealth Games in July. She has just come off a role with Netball Queensland as their chief executive. She finished that up in December and has her eyes firmly set on Brisbane 2032. She said this week, we want to make sure we've got the talent pipeline so that in Brisbane 2032, we'd love to be number one on that medal tally. In triathlon, Ash Gentle returned home from Tokyo and in her words, she hit rock bottom after... um I think the disappointment of Tokyo was pretty overwhelming for her. So the multiple triathlon world series winner was lapped on the run leg in Tokyo and failed to finish, but a return to Noosa brought out the best in her on the weekend. And after getting off the bike nearly a minute behind Milan Agnew, she overtook her with three kilometers to go on the run leg to win her eighth Noosa triathlon in two hours and 36 seconds. So Gentle now has two Noosa wins more than any other competitor and shows no signs of slowing down. After the race, she talked about the fact that they're trying to bring international competitors to Noosa to try and beat her and it's still not working. So she's just killing it, which is cool to see. In race cars, we've chatted about Extreme E on the wrap before, all surrounding our Aussie gun, Molly Taylor. So it's the international off-road racing series that uses spec electric SUVs to race in remote parts of the world. All racing locations are chosen to raise awareness of some aspects of climate change. And the series also promotes gender equality in motorsport by mandating that all teams consist of female and a male driver who share equal driving duties. Can I just jump in on that? Climate change and gender equality. They are so far ahead of any other sport in the whole world yeah and that's what is so cool about this thing that you know they're all about using obviously electric suvs the way that they're shipping the cars around however let's chat about the aussie molly taylor and her teammate johan christopherson who are currently on the top of the championship table with only one round to go having won at the extreme e island x prix in italy last week it was the third win in four races for the roseberg x racing pair who overcame some challenging wet conditions in sardinia with taylor saying after the race it was pretty slippery out there so it was a bit difficult to judge at first from that point it was just trying to manage the risk and i think that's what we did really well um, it was really nice to hear her Swedish partner, Christofferson, just heaped praise on her after that race, saying Molly took the stout and played it smart, not taking any big risks in the first 100 metres and avoided any damage. By the time I took control of the car, Molly had been able to update me on the conditions on the circuit. And although I knew it would be difficult to take the lead, I just tried to manage the gap and avoid mistakes. The team worked very hard all weekend, so I'm really happy with the result. Great. I just love to hear that, you know, when teammates are just cheering each other on. Yeah, I love, love that. So they've got a 16-point lead on the chasers as they head into the final race of the season. That event will be the Jurassic X Prix in Dorset, UK on the 18th to 19th of December. So fingers crossed we can end the year on a high with a win. That'd be huge. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to update you guys on this story. So this is a water skiing one. So last week in the Budgie Ice Bath, we chatted to Jacinta Carroll, who just became the, well, just won her fifth world championships in water skiing. 
we talked in this interview mills about how her life goal was to break the 200 feet mark so they jump they she gets as much speed tugging along behind the boat that's not the right words <laughs> then goes sideways and then sideways and then goes up the ramp and they have to jump as far as you possibly can we'll probably just put a highlight video yeah, instead please of me put a highlight video of this bailey please. <laughs> please please help anyway she said her goal was to jump 200 feet right like her lifetime goal probably the next day after talking to me she broke the world record she jumped 202 feet or 61.5 meters to become the first female to ever jump 200 feet and break her own world record in the process. That is huge. How insane is that? Crazy to think that she said that was her lifelong goal and then the, in the, within the week she had broken it. And she smashed it. Yeah. And I don't think she's done that. I reckon she'll set nah, a new world record going. for sure. Congrats, Jacinta. Epic achievement. And onto swimming, Emma McKean has continued her domination in the pool, securing the overall title at the FINA Swimming World Cup over the weekend. McKean, who won the 100-meter freestyle and the 100-meter butterfly at the final of four events, took the series with an overall point score of 288.3. Fellow Aussie Madison Wilson finished third overall with 209.1 points from the four events. Let's take a look at the key story. Mills, this week marked 100 days to go until the Beijing Winter Olympics in 2022. So it's the testing my um, – what's what are those letters called? <laughs> what are those letters called? <laughs> the 24th Olympic Winter Games. It'll be held from the 4th to the 20th of February, early in 2022, in Beijing and towns in the neighbouring Hebei province in the People's Republic of China. I'm very excited about this one. So am I. I've watched the Winter Olympics all throughout my life because I think it's quite a cool sport. I think I'm not sure if it's to do with the fact that we don't have much snow here in Australia mm. that I get so excited because it's like watching these things. I'm like, it's like magic. Like, how do they do that? I've always, I remember growing up and I wanted to be Tora Bright. She did the she little shimmy, so shimmy, cool. shimmy on the, um, so the starting cool, line. And I was like, I just want to be you. I was yeah. like, you're cool. You snowboard. And I want to do that. And then I went snowboarding and I just fell on my ass the whole <laughs> way down the, on the, the hill. And it was just like, well, maybe not for you, darling. <laughs> It'll work out so well for you. No. I think I like that you say that though, because I think there's a real element where when we watch the Summer Olympics, it's probably a lot of the time sports that you've played, right? Played yourself, yeah. And it's like people wondering, like, could I have been that? Like, could I have done that? For me, the Winter Olympics is all about courage. Like you watch these, like you call it extreme sports, right? Like these freestyle aerial skiers are insane. Like the moguls, the impact that that would be on your body, going off a half pipe as a snowboarder, they're so steep and high and scary. I know. Have you ever seen one of those half pipes in real life? But it's like a hill and a half pipe mixed into one. Bonkers, I say. It's too scary. Who are you most looking forward to watching? It's it's hard. I actually think that there's quite a few sports because there's like – there's so many different sports that you just don't watch regularly. So mm. I'm very excited to see them all. But Belle Brockhoff, I think, is going to be one that yeah, I'm really excited to watch. She is just – she just is cool. I just love it. You I like can't cool wait. snowboarders. Cool snowboarders because clearly I want it to be one. Don't have <laughs> um, no, I just can't wait to watch her compete. She's an epic athlete. And then a little side one, if you've been listening to The rap for some time now, uh, if you know me personally, you would know I'm a massive fangirl of Tia Claire Toomey honestly probably one of my favorite athletes in the world um and she is currently training to qualify in the bobsled um with her fellow teammate she's um, quite incredible she's quite incredible. so i'm actually just really interested to see how that that pans out uh, it's always interesting to see when people cross codes into a into a whole nother sport she's obviously already competed at the olympics 
in weightlifting in 2016. Yes. So she'll be a dual Olympian by then. So, hey, I'm excited to see. But what about you? Well, I think Laura Peel, who is a freestyle aerial skier, who we've covered a little bit of um, because she's had an incredible season leading up to Beijing. So she's a two-time Winter Olympian, a two-time world champ, and a two-time Crystal Globe winner. Um, and I think if Laura can perform in Beijing the way that she has in this season in the lead up, she's going to absolutely kill it. I know it's going to be exciting. And the winter season is literally about to kick off this month. I want to share, I was actually, we we're just chatting about this before we started recording, but the different things that I've been seeing on socials of how these athletes train yes. not in the winter environment. Because obviously, scenes, love depending on the season, like you have to be able to train in all these different things. So there's like water ramps for freestyle aerial skiing. And the one that keeps popping up in my suggested page is this girl on this bouncing machine. I'm going <gasps> to, oh, just- the bonk. <laughs> We have to post it now and we'll have to include the highlight in this in the YouTube because otherwise I sound like a Fruit Loop. But of her practicing for moguls. Yes. And it's insane to see how these winter athletes train in a summer environment. We'll have you covered for results, schedule, medals, highlights. highlights all the fun things. All the good stuff. So make sure you follow us, the Female Athlete Project. Now it's time for the Budgie Ice Bath. Remy Seamson is an Australian soccer player who currently plays for the Sydney FC in the Australian W League. Well, now actually the A Leagues. Mm. She has represented Australia on the under 20 national team following her debut season in the W League at the age of 16 for Sydney FC. She was named the W League Young Footballer of the Year. And in the 2021 season with Sydney FC, she was given the golden boot for the top goal scorer of the season. Last weekend, she made her debut for the national team, the Matildas, in their 3-1 to win over Brazil here in Sydney. Chloe caught up with Remy while she was in quarantine. Rem, firstly, congratulations. You made your debut for the Matildas. How did it feel running out for the first time? Oh, it was just, well, firstly, thank you. Uh, But first, it was just an absolute dream come true. It was a completely unexpected uh, going into the game. I knew how important it was for us to get the win. And I knew that getting minutes is pretty difficult in such a star-studded team. So I was just enjoying the experience in the environment, in the training environment. And then Tony looked to me towards the bench and he brought me on. And yeah, it was just an absolute dream come true running on the pitch in front of friends and family. Well, you guys had a great win. Um, It was in the Sunday game, 3-1 win over Brazil in front of a home crowd. After the game, you kind of held it together, but was there a moment when you started to feel the emotion hitting you? Yeah, definitely. Because when I was running on, all I wanted to do was just make an impact of some way or form and just you know, get a one touch on the ball at least and just enjoy the experience and enjoy the moment because I've been dreaming of this moment since I was about four years old. So I think I was full of emotions and I was trying to contain it. And then I looked into the crowd and spotted mum and then she had tears and then that set me off and then that set off all my friends in the crowd. And then, yeah, I had a really nice moment with all of them, but I definitely shed a, a tear or two definitely after my uh, debut. So it was really special that they could even be there and that I could do it in my hometown. So I was just so grateful to the coaching staff that they allowed me that opportunity. You said it was a dream since you were four years old. What was that process like from a little kid to work your way up the ranks to now represent your country? Oh, it was definitely not an easy ride. Uh, there was plenty of highs, but plenty of lows. I was kind of the kid that made her own pathway. I didn't really go through the traditional uh, institute pathway. I stayed at Manly United. I kind of just navigated my own path and I always just trusted the process as much as it was difficult at certain times. 
And I just think that it's just perfectly made its way to that moment where I got to debut in front of friends and family in my hometown, like I said. So it was all those uh, long trips, early mornings, uh, extra sessions, the tears, the blood, the you name it. So it was all working up towards that moment. I'm just so glad that I could finally fulfill that dream of mine because, yeah, the feeling that I had, I was just completely elated. I can't even put it into words how uh, special it actually was for me and my family and friends who have been there every step of the way. Really special. Um, you're, you're in a hotel room, almost out of hotel quarantine. What's next for you? And I guess within that, what are your next goals um, now that you're part of that Matilda's squad? Obviously, once I get out of here, I'm just so stoked to go home. I've been away for a couple of months with the national team as well as being able to train with a professional club in Denmark. So that was a really cool experience. But I'm excited to be back on home soil. And uh, my next step is with Sydney FC just in the A-League women's. And I hope that I can have a solid season with them. And I'm definitely looking towards going overseas uh, next year and trying to better myself both on and off the pitch overseas. So fingers crossed I can uh, get a good opportunity over there and I can stay at a club or learn as much as I can before the World Cup in 2023 because my eyes are definitely set on that. And my goal is definitely to crack that 2023 World Cup squad because it would just be absolutely amazing to play in the biggest event in front of friends and family and on on our doorstep and in New Zealand. So it would just be an absolute dream come true. But I think for small goals, I definitely just want to be consistently selected in the Matildas camps and upcoming games. And I just hope that I can potentially get some more minutes and just keep growing as a person and player both on and off the pitch in this next period. Heaps coming up. Um, we can't wait to watch you and to see where you go. I think from both Mills and I, we were so excited for you seeing you make your debut and we just can't wait to to keep watching and, and cheering you on, especially the games on home soil. We'll, we'll hopefully see you there, which we can't wait for. Thanks so much. Yeah, all your support means the world and uh, I'm a huge fan of the Female Athlete Project. So uh, thanks so much for having me on and for uh, all your support. I really appreciate it. Let's take a look at what to watch. In cricket, the WBBL continues. Our pick of the round is the first place Melbourne Renegades versus second place Brisbane Heat, which will happen this Saturday, the 6th at 10.15am. You can watch live on Fox Cricket. Talking about cricket, not something to watch, but something to listen to. This week in the TFAP podcast, season two, episode six is dropping with the world's greatest, Elise Perry. I'm really excited about this episode. I can't really believe that I still got to sit down and chat to Elise Perry. To me, not only is she, she is the greatest cricketer of all time, right? Like the awards that she's won and things like that. But to me, she is like the pioneer of equality for women's sport. I think the fact that she's been a cross-coder, but how marketable she's been, the way she's carried herself, the way she talks, like I think she's genuinely led the way for for creating this, this equality piece for female athletes to become household names. Thursday morning, 6 a.m., this will be dropping. So get your ears around it. Make sure you subscribe. Find us on Instagram at the Female Athlete Project. We'll, um, you can click the link in our bio, which will take you to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast to subscribe. Um, and you can obviously also get us on YouTube. Yeah, so all these episodes of The Wrap are now on YouTube. You can watch the highlights of what we're talking about. So link in the show notes and in our bio. That's The Wrap. How good. See you next week. See you next week, Chloe. Bye.